this is this is the euro step in my name is christian stavre i'm from bulgaria uh, i graduated from eckerd college and i'm 24 years old okay glad for you to join us this afternoon you've got a really interesting story um of of you know how you got to the states and how you know what your 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 whole college career um so would you like to tell us about you know your journey of course um see i'm from bulgaria which is in europe uh, i had to i had to find my way because i decided when i was maybe like 10th grade or 11th grade that i wanted to to go to the states you know my, at first my thoughts were going to high school there maybe graduating high school from the states so I can have a better option, you know, a better opportunity to go to a college or a university. Um, but that didn't work out. I just didn't find the right opportunities um, or call it as you wish. That's how I ended up at uh, Myerscope School in England um, the year after I graduated high school here in Bulgaria. Uh, and that's uh, basically how I got my opportunities you know, I just found a person like Neil who had some contacts in the state. Um, he had sent another, like one other person before me to, to the States to play there in Division One. So, you know, that's, um, that was my, you know, that was the person who helped me out with um, getting there. Um, I got, I, I want to say that I got a little lucky with, um, my whole situation because as as the process was going with me going to the states um at first i was supposed to go to a community college um that uh kind of didn't work out some i guess i don't know maybe the the documents weren't right or something i, I believe that something just fell apart from their side and i was um not considered anymore so few weeks later, I had a, a, a offer from a D2 school in Florida. And, you know, I verbally committed there. I was, you know, I was hyped up to go there. But my dream was always to play Division One NCAA. So a few weeks went by and then, you know, Neil told me there was the EABL finals. Mm -hmm. And I guess that was right before the final game, Neil told me that a school, a D1 school is gonna is gonna watch me play. I guess they, they like me, they wanna see, see me play and they were considering, uh, you know, offering. So, you know, uh, that's how I got my division one offer. Uh, I never took a visit or anything, which was something that is out of the ordinary. When you, you know, when you, usually when you're in the States, when you graduate high school in the States, you always are entitled to go and visit the school beforehand, see if you like it or not. But just the, with the situation, the fact that I was from Europe, it was kind of a last minute thing. I just, I didn't have no opportunity to go on a visit, but that was fine with me because I was ready to, you know, to jump in the dark. As long as it was what I was dreaming for, I was like, I was okay, I'm going there. You know, and then I committed to Weber State University that was in, in Ogden, Utah, maybe like 30 minutes from Salt Lake City, which is the, the capital. Mm -hmm. um, 
Do you, you think it would have? Sorry. Do you think it would have made a difference if you had uh, a visit? Do you think if you went to Weber State, it would have changed your mind? You would have said no or yes or no. I believe that. Um, I believe that visits are very, very helpful when you have, you know, when you have a lot of options and you're trying to wait them out. You know, you kind of go and the school is actually trying to present themselves in their in their best way for you, and like you can even bring your family. And you see, like, does the campus life, the uh, you know, sporting activities, whatever you want. Like, they they just take you around. You meet everybody. You meet the coaches. You meet the staff. You meet everybody that you you should know. You know, and you you can make you can definitely make an easier decision if you have a lot of options. You know, rather than going through their websites or just looking looking at pictures. I believe that they are helpful. I would probably not change my mind just because it was my only option to go to Division One. Division One, okay. And that was that was what I wanted. Like ultimately, that's what I was dreaming for, and that's what that was my my goal. So, you know, I just I did it, and I'm glad I did it because it was, you know, the school was, uh, the campus was beautiful. Uh, you know the. It was the it was in Utah, which was a little bit of a culture shock. You know, it was a it was different. It was it was a huge school, but you know, I wouldn't I would not have changed my mind. Nothing. Okay, and then following uh, your time in Weber State, what ha what happened and what transpired? Um, well, going into Weber State, I was like very motivated to do my thing you know i was i was ready to grind uh that went on for like maybe three months until like december and i i broke my foot i broke my ankle at a in, in practice uh so i had to sit out i had a cast on me you know i still like i was trying to I was trying to still get better, even if it's just like you know, just getting into the weight room. I was, I was still like putting in a lot of work to get back on track. Um, it lasted maybe like four months until I started playing again. You know, I started getting back into it. Um, and that summer, which was between my freshman and my sophomore year. Well, I actually took a redshirt year, which was which is basically sitting a year out because of medical issues, which is an injury. Um, and that summer, which was between my first and my second year, we had uh, training camps, which we like most of, most schools do. It's a way for you to like make some money, stay around, like help out with uh, mm -hmm. kids. You still put in some work, you know. You still you still with the guys with your team. You practice and you have those kids camps and they're like early in the morning. So we, we were grinding all week and it was like a Thursday. I was just exhausted. You know, we go straight from camp, we eat lunch, sitting down in the gym and then we go straight to the weight room. Then after the weight room, we go back to the gym and we start practicing. And, you know, I was just exhausted at that point. And uh, I, I believe that we had like a warm up, which was, very like short and everybody was you know everybody was tired and we went straight into one-on-one and we start playing and my knee just pops out of place you know i tear my, my i tore my uh acl mm -hmm. and that's when i felt like that's when i really got mad you know that wasn't i didn't 
I definitely didn't approach that injury the way I approached my first one. Uh, I was out maybe for like nine months because I had some complications. You know, I, I got the surgery done. Six months went by. The doctor had told me that six, six months or seven months were enough. And then when I was at seven months, my knee was still hurting. So I went and got an x-ray. I had like a little like parts of cartilage still floating around my knee. So I had to get that out of there. And it kind of just, it was a long process. You know, it took me about like nine months for me to, to get back into playing. So at that point, I was kind of, you know, I was kind of behind because, you know, Division One is really a high level. You know, all the guys were very athletic, very, you know, very physical. Um, I believe if if it wasn't for the injuries, I would definitely have a chance to, you know, to, to compete and to play at that level. But that really set me behind and like um, I had talks with my coach where he was like, you know, it's, it's up to me at that point. What, what, what do I want to do? He would even offer me for me to stay there and just study and help out with the team without actually, you know, still being on scholarship. Or, you know, he told me if I want to go somewhere else, he would like support it if, if that's what I wanted. And it was it was, you know, I had. I had really down myself. I was in, in my head. I was like, I was ready to, you know, I was ready to, to end it almost because, you know, I was by myself on the other side of the world. I was there to play basketball and I did not get the chance to play basketball for like almost two years. So now it's like, okay, what I'm doing, you know, is it, is it worth it? So I had to like, you know, I had to just think it through. I had to go through whatever I went through and I decided that I wanted to keep playing, you know. So I decided that I was going to transfer. I put my, my document, you know, my transfer papers in. Uh, when you step in the States, when you already like get that kind of exposure, I feel like it's, it's, it makes a world of difference. You know, we as kid, I mean, me as a kid from Bulgaria, we did not get that kind of exposure. You go to a game in the States and you have coaches from all over the state. You know, you have people from all over the country coming to watch you play. Like the word spreads very quickly. If you're good, you're good, you know, and everybody knows it. Well, if you're, if you're somewhere in Europe, you have to really like, you have to be outstanding. You have to be outstanding and you need to make that like you need, you need to make a lot of noise for you to for somebody in the States for you to, to recognize. Yeah, 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 I got you. So when I was when I was already in division one, as soon as I put my transfer papers out, I got I, I just started getting calls from, you know, like community colleges, division two, like all kinds of like uh like, you know, just the schools from all over the place. It wasn't it wasn't division ones or anything because I have not I did not prove myself to be a division. I, level. I got you. I didn't get the chance to play as much. But I still had a, like a lot of options. And one of the options was uh Eckerd College, which is in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh obviously Florida caught my caught my attention because, you know, it's the a state where it's you know, just Florida. It just sounds good. I got you. I got you. It sounds attractive. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I was, I was between, I had an offer from a school in Kentucky and that was maybe like one of, one of my options. 
like that I considered, and then that option from Florida came came in for for D two, and I made my decision to go there. You know, I just talked to the talk to the coach. Um, he seemed interested. He he wanted to know like what's my situation. You know, I told him about like the injuries. He spoke with my uh, like my physical therapist that we were stay like they that he was trying to see where I was standing. You know, like as of like recovery, blah blah. He gave me the opportunity to be going on a visit. So I actually visited that school. I went on like a two-day visit. They take you around campus. They, you know, they they work out with you. They they do a lot of things. They even put me on a on a on a boat. I went on a boat ride. Okay. You know? Okay. You went on a boat ride. Okay. <laughs> Captain yeah. Kiko, I see you. They went all <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I mean, I just, I just like, you know, the vibe over there. I just felt like it was a place where I can, I can regain that love for basketball that I kind of have lost before that. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like the right place to do it. You know, Florida is, is different than Utah definitely is like the two sides of the spectrum. You asked me about weather, you know, I had like, play, I, in Utah, you have like snowstorms and like blizzards and stuff. <laughs> Florida, you just... It's just hot, you know, it's hot and humid. So I, I was literally on both sides of the spectrum when it comes to that. But I decided that the change of environment would let me, you know, regain the love for basketball and actually, you know, motivate me to do what I was supposed to do in the first place. Okay. And can you let us know what level um, Eckerd College was or is, sorry? Ecker College is a Division Two school in the Sunshine State Conference. Okay, cool. One of the best conferences for Division Two. Okay, um, what was the league like in terms of, um, or the conference? Should I say, what was the conference play like? Was it um, a big league? Was it you know full of got like? Was it great guards? Was it up tempo? Was it? It was very. It was very up tempo. A lot of athletic guys. You know, we had teams that could easily go as you know mid major D ones. As like, if if I'm being honest, there were teams that that could compete in the D one mid major level. Um, it was very athletic. We had um, uh, our team, especially. We were like. We had good guards and we had one of the best uh, forwards. He was like maybe a six five, but very like heavy dude that would just like get rebound and score on everybody. So we had we had a very good, um, you know, uh, a, a good team. And that's why we actually won the, the conference the first year. Um, it was. It was hard, you know, it was very, uh, it was very physical compared to D1, you know, D1 is, is different just because of the, the amount of, you know, the, the talent that goes in there and, uh, the size that people have in D1, you know, uh, it's different than a D1, but it was still like a, a team that could compete. And what did you? I mean, playing for 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 Weaver State, you know, you know, even in the practices, how did that compare between, you know, the practices at 
D2. You know, was there a lot of difference or was it just literally the physical... Is it Was it just the athletes that was different or was it the game style or, you know, what was the difference between the two? I would say... I would say that is uh, athletes definitely because I was faced with like one of the like one of the best players that played for um, for Weber State and he was playing in my spot. So my first year I had to guard him like every single practice and I just used to get banged on like every single <laughs> practice. You know, it was it was just just how it is. Like he went he got drafted after that, so I guess my point is proved, but. You know, I was faced with some guys that were really like at a high level that I did not see in D2. But when it comes to like tempo and physicality, you know, yeah, the guys are might, might be like bigger or like anything stronger. But like I feel like tempo wise or just competition wise, it was it was pretty much the same. Like we still like went all out in practices and like we still like did a lot of competing stuff. Okay, well, fair enough. So you've just graduated. Um, congrats. What helped you to study, graduate, and still allowed you to play the games? Um, just discipline, honestly. It's it's something that you need to you need to have. If you're if you're doing if you're doing like if you're being a student athlete, you need to learn to manage your time. You need to you know, you need to be on point with stuff like that. Um, I actually did pretty good at Eckerd College. Uh, I grad. I mean, last semester I had all A's. You know, I was not. It was okay. Yeah, you know, I tried to light, you know, light work. Light work. I tried to just you know get stuff done. You know, it's not like it's most of the time. It's not something that that is uh, like out of like it's not something you're not capable of you know is you just got to find the right resources and I kind of like later in my years in school I found out that people are willing to help you if you just show up and ask them for help you know even if it's like teachers or if it's coaches it don't matter if it's like school or athletics if you go out there and just be honest with with them you'll be like like professor this assignment is just not I just don't understand it. I need your help. And he will sit down and he will actually take the time of his day to sit down and help you out with whatever you need. And that's that's basically how I just began like figuring like stuff out. If it, if there was something that I didn't know or I needed help with, I just I would just show up to the office hours and I just stay there and be like, "Yo, I need help with this, that, that, that." I've even done that like the day of a test. You know, I just went in his office before. The- before the test, and I was like, "Yo, I need help with all these," and then all of them were on the test, and then Pico got the best score in the classroom. I was like, you know, You're like one to twenty. I need answers. Come on, I need answers. One to twenty. Come right. on. <laughs> like it, but because you know they give you study guides or anything, so it's not like it's something like it's easy to figure out once you know what's gonna be on the test. You need to just go in there and ask for help. You know. I believe that that's what that's what helped me graduate with like a, a very very good GPA. What are some study hacks that you use? So, what vices? I know you mentioned about getting with people or going in just before tests. But were there any? I don't want to say shortcuts, but was there anything that you were like, look, this is the formula to my success? 
So was there anyone, you know, anything um, in particular? You know, other than the things that I just mentioned, you know, just getting help from like professors, it was finding friends in your classroom, even because, you know, I never had money for like the books that they that they wanted me to have, you know, there was like books that cost 200 something dollars, you know, I didn't have that kind of money to just spend on one semester. So I always try to find like friends in the classroom or anything, just be like, be open about it or just talk to them and just be like, yo, like, I know we got this homework. Can you just send me a picture of the page or just send me like, can I, or can I borrow the book for tonight or just something, you know, when you're in a campus and when you have like this kind of community, it's, it's very easy to like talk to people and like to your peers and be like, just, you know, just be straight up, just, you know, ask yeah, I'm stuff like that. Makes sense. Um, so, you know, you went to Mysco before you went out to um, Weber State. Um, you spoke about, you know, you being in B Bulgaria before and uh, playing as a youth there. So I'm assuming, not the fact that I know when your time at Mysco, but um, you had different roles, you know, between Bulgaria, England, and then you get to Weber State. How did you deal with the change of roles? You know, you had a bigger role when you were back home in Bulgaria and then you come to England and, you know, you're still one of the featured players. And then how did that change from being a featured player, you know, being one of the guys to now your new role in your, you know, next two schools? Yeah, so um, it's kind of... It is it is adapting because you need to figure out what like what the coach sees in you and what part of the team you represent in the eyes of the coach, you know, because he has put together a team and in his mind, every person has their own role, you know, so that kind of go that happens, that adaptation happens with you talking to, to your coaches or them talking to you. Sometimes, you know, you need to, to go over there and be like, Coach, I need to do better, and I need you to. I need to know what what do you see me doing out on the floor? Like, what what do you want me to do? And sometimes the thing that they'll say is do what you do best, you know. So I was good. I was good at shooting, and that kind of changed my role to, as you said, like as being one of the future players to becoming more of a shooter or becoming a a stretch forward to kind of like spread the floor for other people to maybe like go to the basket, which are better at that than me. So I became, you know, I became more of a shooter than anything else. Uh, there's two things that don't change, you know, even if you're a shooter or if you're a driver, you need to, to rebound and defend. So that's kind of like a thing that doesn't change, you know, that's, that's a role that does not change in any, any, position you play you know and defend the ball and rebound hey trust me I know I know who are who are the best players that you played against um or with you know I know you spoke about somebody getting drafted um what was his what was his name what was uh, his name is Joe Bollenboy he was uh he was a player at Weber State University um he ended up uh getting drafted by the utah jazz but then i believe uh he plays in moscow now and okay. moscow mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um 
I consider him one of the most athletic players that I've had that I've played against because I've practiced with him and we played like against each other. Um, I have another one, one of my favorite players that I like to watch and his style of play was he was in the in the same team. His name is Jeremy Singlin. He plays in, in the first league in France right now. Um, you know, I've played against like, you know, a lot of teams, but I can't just mention like somebody that's like mad famous right now. You know, I met Jamie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't do the name drop. I got you. I got you, man. You ain't trying to reveal. I. Hey. <laughs> that's funny. Um, with the knowledge that you have now, if you was to redo the whole process, what three things would you do coming into college? Um, okay, that's a good question. Um, maybe I want to say they just even socially or even just being around like a team or anything, just, you know, just take, take things more lightly, not okay. to the point where you're like careless, but definitely you need to, to to build up that kind of that that cockiness. But even if it's not backed up all the way, it needs to it needs to be to a certain point where you're not just somebody that you know. Um, just so people don't see you as somebody who's not you know worthy to be there or anything else. Because I've always been like self-aware of myself, and I've always known when I what I can do and my spot. But you know, when you go into a place like in the states where like people love to hype up stuff, you know, people love to like talk shit. You know, people love to just to be, you know, make a like a make it like a show. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I guess just just being like a little more, you know, still focused on, like still focused on, on, on yourself, still focused on your mission or anything, but just being a little more, less like attentive to what other people say or do, or just, you know, just, just stay on your own path and just, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing, you know, just don't, don't take other people's like, you know, opinions or anything else that serious because they don't, they don't mean it always. And, they might be like, they might be your friends one day and then go go tell like something that's a little sketchy to somebody, you know, the next day. But that that doesn't mean anything. You know, that that's something that people just, you know, take just, just do. It's not it, it shouldn't be taken that serious. You know? I got you. Anything else in particular? Um, I want to say just be like social you know just uh meet as many people as you can just because you get the opportunity to, to be around people that you never know what they're gonna be one day and that's that's connections that are valuable you know i i kind of started doing that later in in my years of college but i couldn't definitely like be a little more you know just talkative even if it's to like professors or uh, peers like classmates or I mean, teammates, I, I can't say that I haven't talked to them because, you know, we're a team. Like, we've been, like, together, like, most of the... Most uh, like, every day, all day kind of thing. Yeah. 
yeah but like you know just, there's a lot of people you know don't don't just focus on like a little group of people like just because you're in a team it doesn't mean that those should be your own friends in school you know just go out there like meet some new people like meet some people on the golf team or just meet somebody that you never even talked to before you know it doesn't matter like you should like you should expand your like your connection outside network. of that yeah your network expand your network okay i got you that's a, and that's a nice one i like that um you know broadens your horizons you look at yeah different things you learn different things so yeah i guess that's a that's a great point to have um what's the best part of playing in america um see for me um it's just it's just different you know is the the culture of basketball there is different it's almost i i say that basketball in america is not a sport it's a religion almost you know it's people people like worship it it's something that is like coming from bulgaria where like people like this is a like mostly a soccer country if you want to call it or whatever like mm -hmm. this like it's a whole like culture change you know you go to the states and like you see like masses of people just going to the game just to watch you play you know you see how much money is put in into every single part of the process of the basketball game even if it's for like the athletic department from the gym to the shoes to the gear to the lockers to the floor to the person who's doing your laundry to the you know to the physical therapist who's taping you every day with like you know this is a lot of things that that are you know um how should i say it, it they just invested in it a lot more and i believe that that's one of the things that i love most about it because it's kind of you I, I was doing the same thing here like i was still playing basketball but then you go there and you're still doing the same thing but there's a lot more attention to it added, like a yeah. lot more attention added to it and it was a lot more you know money put into it and it just makes you feel better you know you go to a gym and the, the floor is squeaky clean you can look at yourself on on the hardwood you know it's a different, <laughs> it's a different feeling honestly it's not like I believe I'm that looking at your reflection all the time, like, damn, there I go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just like you say, you know, this is a lot. It's it just means a lot to a to a basketball player for for you to to have everything that you could ever like need for you to to be successful at it. You know, especially at, at division one at a division one school, it's like this is literally the focus of. Of your school you know it was almost as they were trying to make student athletes have everything that they need for them to succeed all on the one roof kind of thing i got you yeah all right so we're gonna move slightly off off the the basketball side of things um so you was in utah and in florida what was the weather like in your you know in your town city um you know america's so big so to say the whole of utah is maybe not fair and the whole of florida is not too but within those towns where you were what was the weather like and you know what's the best clothing to wear and stuff like that yeah well first of all utah was kind of a like a mountainy place like my campus yeah. was in the mountains so first the altitude was like was 
it was a lot. So the first practice you go there, your chest hurts like <laughs> you feel it. <laughs> I did not believe it was gonna be like it because you know I live in Bulgaria where like it's not like we're at sea level. Like we still have mountains over here, but they were not lying when you when they say the chest is your chest is gonna hurt the first practice you come over there, and I'm up there struggling. But you know Utah is kind of. It's seasonal, you know, the summer and the spring is really nice. You can have like sunny days and like you have like really nice days. But winter, winter time, it will really get like snowy some days and like you'll like you go to bed. It will not be in like an inch of snow outside and then you wake up and it's like snow up to your knees and you're like, okay. And definitely, definitely warm clothes over there, you know, something that will keep you warm, jackets and everything. Um, when it comes to Florida, Florida is the opposite when it comes to the temperature, you know, the lowest it will get, you know, I still use Celsius, I don't know, but like the, <laughs> the lowest it will get will probably be like 12 degrees in the like mid winter, you know, at 5 a.m. in the morning, It'll still be like, okay, with like just a hoodie or something. And the summer, it just gets disgusting, it's just. Uh, it's a disgusting. I ain't never heard the word ever been described as disgusting. You know, you just, I just walk out, I walk out, I walk out of the room and you're sweating already. You know, it's just humid. Like, it's bad. Like, I've, I was struggling just because in Florida, they tend to, every time you're somewhere inside, the AC is just blowing like ice. And then you go outside and it's just hot. So it just like, hits you. Yeah, so like my temperature is not used to that, you know. So the first year I was there, I got sick like three times in a row, like just because like I was trying to like manage. But you like I'm just like outside and I went and the AC is just blowing like cold air. And, like I was there, I was just trying to adjust, but I couldn't just because you know I was trying to. There was no constant. Okay. Yeah, there was no constant like temperature, and then so Florida, I would say just you know it's a lot of rain there over there too, so raincoats or anything is maybe the thing that you'll need somebody said like water boots or anything i never got i do not from a fashion sense but like you know you can you can do what you want oh that's hilarious <laughs> um what about you know uh florida's infamous for um tornadoes or hurricanes um tropical storms did you experience any of that yes sir the, that was actually my first year in florida and you know schools over there are prepared for that it's not something that like it's not the first time that it happens or anything but we you know you start getting an email or you get a text message or anything you know yo this is a hurricane or a tornado watch or anything i'm like for me coming from like a different place <laughs> that's a little <laughs> But like people from Florida take it like really lightly. And while I was there, um, we actually had the Irma. It was a, a hurricane Irma, which went through yeah. Florida. So we actually had to get evacuated. And, you know, I had to, I had to, you know, as a person who was international, I had to file like a little form saying that I don't have a place to go. So they actually, you know, they made sure that we, the, the people who had, who didn't have any place to go were taken care of. So we actually went to like a, a place where it was like a, a resort, but it was made into a shelter for people that like had to like stay there. 
Nice. So yeah, they took care of us. And I mean, there wasn't no like huge damage. I know like a couple of trees were like ripped off the ground and like the college were like nothing like major, like no building had fallen apart. Man, that was Yeah, people people it's crazy because people from Florida are like, ah, it's nothing. Nothing, no. yeah. yeah. Everything looks like, yeah, business yeah. as usual. And you're like, no, no. my dad. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to just be home with moms. It's okay. I'm like, you know, it's, it's like the line in the news, you know, where they track the path of the hurricane. It's like going right over your house, bro. Like, well, what do you mean? Bro? <laughs> it's going to be okay, you know, it's nothing. <laughs> Man, I, yeah, I guess what you grow up in it is, yeah, man, I, I had the same or similar experience. Um, when I was in Oklahoma, I went one summer and they had a tornado come through. And man, I, I was in the house all alone, like the, 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 the player's house, whatever, but I was the only one in there. And the building shaking. And I'm like starting to make like you get the the thing for your mobile, you know the 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 text alerts, Amber Alert or whatever the hell it is, and you're like, oh my god, this means I'm gonna die. And like I'm phoning everyone and like, yo, like, do I need to go to the show or like, is everyone in the show? And like, coach, you'll be fine, man. You're right. Everyone's out. We're doing our thing. I'm like, no, but the house is moving. And they're like, oh yeah, no, it's fine. It's it's okay. People are like, yeah, this, yeah I, I don't know how people just, but yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. Um, right, dealing with jet lag. So, you know, you spoke about the altitude a little bit, uh, but going to and fro, I know it's not that much time, you know, once you come over, you're over, and then once you go home, you go home. But yeah. when you go backwards and forwards, how do you deal with the jet lag? What's the secret of, you know, managing jet lag? Um. Honestly, I just get a, a flight that lands a little later at night. So like you can land at like 6 p.m., go back to your your place or go back to your apartment or whatever you're staying at. Just figure stuff out and just go to bed at like at a reasonable time. Do not go to bed like midday. Just because <laughs> you, everything, you start everything. The process is going to take a lot longer that way. Um, the time difference was nine hours with Utah, and it was seven hours uh, with uh, Florida. With Florida, yeah, just between Bulgaria and there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't something like you know. I always struggle more just coming back from the states, you know, coming back home, just because you the time goes forward, and you're like, okay, I just missed the date, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just go to go to bed late at night or like at night that's that's the secret do not sleep during the day make, make sure you get the right flights and sort you out i mean if you're really trying to like avoid it yeah because like a flight might take like 24 hours or 26 27 hours so if you can thug it out and just stay up until like it's <laughs> later during the night go do it that's crazy. I recommend it. Just, just soldier it for, for yeah. 24, 25, 26 hours. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, talking about being a part of two different programs, uh, you was in two different cities. What's the big landmarks? What's the points of interest that you wanted to go to or that you went to that you think that if, you know, 
if I'm if I was going over to you know visit Weber State, where should I go and hang out or visit? Um, say so Weber State is in Ogden in Utah, uh, but Salt Lake City is one of the most famous cities in in Utah, and it's literally like 35 minutes away. That's where like the Jazz play. That's where like everything like is one of the biggest cities. So I would definitely say like Salt Lake City was a place to you know go and like see like just how life is in Utah. It's it's different just because Utah is you know from a religious standpoint it has a lot of Mormons and you know just socially is a lot different because you like Sunday on Sunday nothing works you know just everything is just closed. You go to the mall it has like the the gate locked, but like you know, the church on the other side is just popping. Like everybody's over there. It's like said so the church is popping. <laughs> so the, the church is lit on a Sunday in Utah. The church. <laughs> they have like a theater going. They have lights. They have like all the people going there, and it's just something oh, wow. that. Yeah, they're just something that's part of their culture. So we're like. You know, I'm used to like here in Bulgaria, like Sunday, like you do whatever you want. Like you can go out, like you can, like go to the mall, or you can see a friend, or you can go whatever. But like there, it just they take time for like you know to like appreciate like God and just go to the church or like spend time with their families and like all that. How far? Sorry, sorry to cut you. Yeah. How far is Ogden to Salt Lake? It was probably 35 minutes away. Like oh, so you're relatively close. Okay. Yeah, like it was. Like it was not a okay. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So you know, just and when it comes to Florida, there is like is a lot different. There, like social life is is a lot more. You know what we are used to as like from a European standpoint. You know, you have like your your bars, your clubs, your the beach. You know, you have a lot of things that you can do. Like on an off day, it's not like you're restricted to like only like you know one certain thing such as Utah was but it's still like you know there's a lot of a lot of different things that you can do depending on what you like I guess but where did you go where would you recommend me if I was coming to hang out in St. Petersburg for the oh, weekend or whatever would you like uh, okay coach go here yeah so St. Petersburg is a little city that is like turned to a vacation spot in the last like 20 years. Like I heard like 20 years ago, it was a rough spot. And now it's kind of like, it's all like new buildings and like they have like a, a street with like just bars and like they have this whole block where like they close it for every first Friday of the month, they close off the block and the bars are open like all night basically there's people all over the street just like you know just partying just going around just socializing doing whatever there's like cinemas there like it's a very pretty town too so you can like actually walk around you know just it's right by the beach like right by the water so you can see like boats and stuff coming in and out of the town it's pretty definitely and also, the beaches is something that I really like. I I really like. So, um, my campus was actually on the water, so I I had access to like water like twenty four seven. So anytime I actually decided that I wanted to go out in the sun and just 
chill. I they we like we had a field that it seemed like people would just lay out on the grass just for no reason, you know, just on a on a Tuesday, you know, just hanging out. Yeah, just hanging out, you know. There was like there was like water. There was like like people jumping in the water. It was it was a lot of like activities that you know. I even I've done like all of them. So <laughs> fair enough. Where's the best food spots? Um, you know, in both places. Uh, where would you say if you know again if I'm coming over, you're like, yo, I need a bite to eat where am i going where are you sitting my my personal favorite is chipotle you know mexican restaurant okay okay chipotle fan okay yeah i i definitely recommend that Um, and that's both in utah and and florida um yeah you know there's the there's the big hype about chick-fil-a both like in both places but that's not something that you know you didn't get on that 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 in my eyes it did not live up to the hype so I just I just decided to stay. I'm, I'm 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 I can I can see you there. We we on the same level, man. We, okay, okay, okay. I'm a big Chick Fil A fan. It's It's Any local stuff? Any like uh, local um, restaurants that you know uh-huh. really good to? Not that I can think of right now. You know, there was like. You know, Florida is just it's just so much different just because of all the seafood that it, that you can get. You know, so like definitely if you go to Florida, definitely go to a seafood restaurant. You know, just so you can like taste like what like real fish that hasn't been sitting in the refrigerator for like ten months. As like we get like in, if you live in the middle of like the country, like you won't get fresh fish. You know, you'll get something that's been traveling for like a while. So if you like seafood, definitely go to a seafood place. You know. Um, yeah, being in New Mexico, I'm in the middle of nowhere, so you know there ain't, ain't no fresh food there. You know, yeah, yeah, I think we to get to the next body of water is like eight hour drive, so yeah, it's, there ain't nothing fresh going on over there. Cool, right? So where's the best place, um, either in Utah and Florida, the best place for you to get kicks? Um, you know, I've I've shopped in a couple of different places. I um, you know, online, there's a lot of things that you can find online and they're a lot more accessible to you as a person coming from Bulgaria, you know, just, it's, it's an eye opener how many places there are for you to get kicks. But, you know, Foot Locker is one of the, the most like, uh, like famous places for you to go and like basically see like what's new, what's like, what just came out and, um, there's a lot of like you know apps that are you know more uh ex- or like exclusive you know things that if you're not like one of the mainstream guys where you just like you want to just get what just dropped or just get the thing that's out in footlock right now you know i've found like apps like poshmark which is like a thing that is basically connects you to other sellers uh there's the goat app which is kind of like more high end just because they're like they make sure that that uh, the kicks that they sell are like verified so they need to like be authentic and like be real for you to be able to even buy them or sell them um 
you know, the mall is always an option. You know, you go to the mall, you got your van store, your deed, like you have like Foot Locker full of like Adidas and Nike shoes. You have like a couple other places for like any kind of like kicks, like whatever you can think of. I believe that finding kicks is not a problem in the States. Okay, okay. You didn't have a particular spot or person or whatever. There was no particular. Uh, no, no, I've definitely found like I've shopped from like a lot of different places. You know, I found like if I find something that I like and some, it's a deal, like I'll get it. It doesn't matter how or. From... Okay, uh, best American holiday. So Thanksgiving, President's Day, Christmas. Um, What's the best, you know, 4th of July, what's the best holiday you can have? Um, when it comes to food, I want to say Thanksgiving, just because of the amount of food that you eat on that day. You know, you get full and you, you take to-go plates for like two or three more days after that. <laughs> you don't get tired of it, you know, you just, you have food. As a student athlete, it's a blessing, you know, you get, you go to somebody's house and you leave with like, three, four plates for the rest of the week. So you're good on that. So I want to say Thanksgiving on that part, but um, let's see. Uh, I've only actually like celebrated 4th of July once. Like I actually like was in Utah. One of my teammates was like, yo, me and my family going to like watch like the fireworks up. Like you go up on this hill, like the, everybody just pulls out chairs and like, you know, just, just sits out there, just chills. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like a big like fireworks show like the display like right in front like you were under it and like it was just it, it was cool like it was not like something that you know it was it was it was memorable definitely um okay. what's the holidays i don't i don't think they they go all out on christmas like, like labor day i think labor day is another crazy one yeah not really nah not really Okay. All right. No. All right. So, so Thanksgiving, the food and the reserves that you get, you pick up, you know, pick up the extra ammo. <laughs> I got you. I definitely get you. So, being away from home for so long, you know, you're out there for four years. Uh, did you go home at five years? Sorry. Did you go back and forth a lot? Um. Every summer, basically, I never, I never went back for like Christmas break or anything. I was, I would always stay out in the state. Um, the Christmas break's short, especially if you're playing ball, right? You got tournaments and practices. Yeah, especially basketball is like one of the sports that's like very busy during that time. So, like, I think the 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 longest Christmas break we've had it was like six days, right? Like five, six days. <laughs> So if I, if I take two days to go back and forth, like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Waste two days at home and then, yeah, you can almost go. How did you, how did you deal with being homesick? Was you homesick? And if you was, um, if you, if you were, then how, how? Um, I would say, I would say that being homesick is something that, um, you know, you kind of get used to it. You know, I, I could definitely say that my first year when I was in England, I was away from home, was a lot. Like, it was hard. Mm-hmm. And first year I was in Utah was also, like, very, like, it was hard for me. Like, as of, like, being homesick and missing home and trying to, like, 
go back and like see like parents or friends or whatever you know but it's something that you get used to i feel like it's something that you know you you kind of you kind of start like figuring out ways where like you get in a routine where it's, it doesn't include all the things that you're used to back home you know you get into a routine where it's, it, instead of seeing that friend back home you, you have now an, another group of friends where like you can you can be like you can be yourself or you can be you can be comfortable with and that that feeling of being homesick kind of gets like it gets less and less like when time goes by i feel like you know i was in the first year i was away it was when i was in england and I believe I, I used to go back and forth like every maybe like four months or something like that. I believe that we had like breaks. And I feel like those four months were like 10 months. Like at that point, I felt like it was like it was long. But then after that, I went to the States and I used to stay for 10 months. And it felt a lot shorter than that just because, you know, I, I like once you get in, a, in your routine and then, okay, now we have, like, we we start school, and then when games start, it's, like, a game, like, Wednesday, and then Saturday, and then Wednesday, and Saturday, and then you get, like, into, like, a week-to-week, like, routine where you don't really have time to think about, like... I mess you, people back like, home. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Talking about distractions, you know, um, you're away from home, you're kind of... Obviously, you've got your, your coach... And you know the coach, coaching staff and advisors, but you're kind of like on your own. You're you're in the world now. You're getting to a age, and there's a lot of distractions out there. Um, and it could be girls, it could be drugs, and like, do you come? Did you come across those things, and Definitely. how did you deal with it? Oh, there's something like that's a big part of just college experience. You know, once you mention that, you already know that there's like you are there with a certain kind of mission but then at the same time there's like a like couple thousand people with a whole different thing in mind there's this is the first time they're away from their parents yeah they're regular students they they don't they don't have practice tomorrow or they don't have like scheduled <laughs> protests you know? so, and they're in their mind, the college experience is a lot different than in your mind you know you're there to be like a student athlete and you're you're supposed to hold yourself to a high standard to like you should be accountable for like the things you do you know every my, one of my coach like my coach at d1 always said you know don't think you you're just a regular student because everywhere you go you may not know them but people know who you are you know it's some it's it's kind of it's kind of that that idea needs to be in your head like if you're doing stuff you need to you need to know that you know, if you're talking to girls or you're trying to like, you're trying to be social or you're trying to like, you know, whatever you're doing, you just need to know like what people are around you and you know what, what they can lose and what you can lose with it. You know? um, definitely distractions, you know, that's something that comes across like, even if you want it or not, it's like, it's there in your face and it's kind of, you need to make a decision for yourself, you know, if it's, um, you know, something that, um, you know, you need to, you need to be able to like walk away from these situations. It's kind of like they walk in the room, like they walk in, in a party or something. They might be 20 people over there. They might be like 10 people doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing. And like nine people doing whatever they like another 10 people that's doing like nothing. But at the end of the day, all 20 people in that room are going to be like, 
guilty what of whatever they're they're in that situation so that's kind of like you know a thing that you know you should you should be able to like get control of you know being able to walk away from situations where you feel like they might put you your scholarship your your image or your name and like some kind of some kind of like danger or some kind of you know some kind of place you don't want it to be you need to you need to be able to hold yourself up to like a high standard so so what did you do so let's take the the drugs for instance what did you do i, now, I don't know if you you know how it, a scenario happened i don't know whether it's like at, just in class or around campus or at a party or whatever but i'm assuming that somebody has there's been opportunities for you to get hold of or someone's offered you drugs or whatever it may be what what happened there in your experiences definitely i mean i've been i've been a part of situations where you know i've i've joined like a friend group or some something that i did not even have like idea what they're like you know what they're like messing with or you know i've been in situations where like okay like we I have a whole different picture in my head of what the party's supposed to look like and then you go over there and there's like stuff i don't want to be like dealing with you know there's there's they're they're doing stuff that i don't want to first of all and then i am not trying to be a part of even if like something goes down like you know i'm not trying to so like i, I definitely don't try to make it awkward you know I, i'm not just gonna like turn around like jump out the window just because you know <laughs> But like you know, I would I would stay there for like the the shortest amount of time possible. You know, I would probably just you know try to like make an excuse to like go somewhere else or just say like I have like something to do or anything. You know, just kind of like try to walk away from the situation like that. You know. Okay, cool. Uh, what about the girls now? You know, coming in from Bulgaria, you got a little accent. Do you know what I mean? You got the little beard thing going on, so. How, 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 you know what I mean? How did you deal with, yeah. I'm assuming, I don't know, but I'm assuming that a lot of, you know, you've been approached by, you know, um, girls a lot or whatever. Um, I wouldn't say approached by girls, you know, I'm not like some kind of, you know, model or anything, you know. I am from Bulgaria, I do have an accent and girls do love that, but it's kind of like, it's up to you what you do with it, you know, it's not like you're going to be on your neck, like, like, dragging dragging you to like stay like not good please don't go to practice or anything you know it's not like that that kind of deal you know you you definitely need to know like who you who you're messing with you know you definitely need to know the situation before getting into situations with like people or like even like if you have interest with some like or somebody or anything you need to make sure like all of the terms and conditions are right with that person. You know, there's a lot that might come with like just being with one person that you just didn't know who she was or like who he or she was before beforehand. I definitely like recommend just, you know, just just take your time, you know, just do do what you gotta do. Like if you feel if you feel like it, do it. But just know that like not everything might be as it as it looks as it appears just do, do your research <laughs> that's that's real talk i mean you hear a lot of horror stories um with guys and girls that get themselves into you know sticky situations um and some go way left so yeah, exactly. uh, 
you know, taking the time out and take it, you know, trying to evaluate people's motives. Um, I guess, yeah, definitely, definitely a great one. What is your last thoughts, you know, your last bit of advice to the individuals that are trying to come over to the States and play ball, whether at D1 or D2, what information do you think that they should know? I might not have asked the question, but, you know, what's the biggest thing for you that you think that, you know, individuals should know? I mean, for you to be successful, I feel like in, in a place going in as a student athlete, especially, it, I feel like it says it all on your shirt, you know, that those are the three things that you need, honestly. It's like, it's basically just getting the right, the right mindset. It's having that, that, that dog mentality, even if it's, if it's for practices or if it's for studying or whatever it is, you know, you need to have like a desire to be, to excel at what you're doing. You know, you need to be, you need to be, you need to have the desire to, to, to be early for practice. You need to stay late, like after a, like after the practice is done, or you need to, you need to manage your time. You need to have like that discipline for you to, to be able to, you know, wake up early in the morning and do like schoolwork or just go do an individual practice and then find time during that day to like get your, get your schoolwork done for tomorrow or for the whole week. See, I'm a person who's never been able to like do work, like schoolwork ahead, you know? So I'm not gonna be like, yeah, do, do your work, the homework for the whole month. Like I can't say that just because I haven't done it. But even if I'm like the biggest procrastinator, I still took time. Like even if it's the night before, like I still took time and I made sure that the, the piece of, of work that I'm submitting is something that holds me to a high standard, you know? It's something that it's not just, it doesn't look like something I typed up for five minutes and I just send it over just because, you know, I want to get it done with. You know, you need to, you need to like pay attention to that. And same goes with like basketball, you know, if you, if you're going to practice or if you, if you just, just shooting around in the gym by yourself, you know, just don't go over there and shoot half court shots just because you, you feel like, you know, just get on, just get on a gun, you know, just, just do stuff with a purpose, kind of, you know, do, do stuff that you know that will make you better, do stuff that, that you know you, you're going to do in a game or do stuff that your coach wants you to do. Um, just, you know, just desire, you know, just have that, you got to have that, you got to want it. That's all I got to say. Like, if, you, if you're going to go over there, you got to want it and you got to, you got to, just fight with everything that goes with it. Even if it's being homesick, even if it's being hungry, even if it's being like, you know, you gotta be able to to push through all that. And, you know, as a person who's like went through the process, I feel like those those are the things that, that will get you through it and, you know, make you graduate. And then you decide what you do with your life after that. That was perfect, man. I like that. That was great, a great answer. Um, thank you very much for hanging out with us today. Um, you know, it was it was really good, really inspiring, especially um, the transition from D1 to D2 and you persevering after, you know, the two injuries that were back to back. Um, I think that's that's a big thing for, 
you know, listeners to, to understand that, hey, stuff happens, real life happens. You know, you don't just get a scholarship and then that's it, you know, forever after, happy, you know, you were the yeah. chip and then that's it, you ride off into the sunset. So, you know, real life happens. Yeah, exactly. I really, really, really appreciate your time. Yeah, uh, thanks for you. hanging with me um it, it was it was great to have you this is this is the euro step in